0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cutthroat Soup Show. And today we have a very special guest joining us, the Bonte Hill from the Bonte Steinie and Guru Show on 95-7 the game. We've got a packed lineup for you guys today. We're gonna talk NFL Week 3, Niners and Raiders, and the Oakland athletics are in the playoffs, baby. All coming to you now on the Cutthroat Soup Show. <laughs> let's get straight into it thank you very much bonte for being with us on the Cutthroat soup show today and go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners who may not know who you are
1: man bonte hill 95.7 a game man from 10 to 2 every monday through friday also the pre and post game show uh, host on the 49ers uh, overtime and a kickoff show with joe shasky the butcher boy we have a lot of fun over at 95.7 the game follow at your own risk on twitter Mm-hmm. Uh at Ponte Hill, man. You might get a lot of tweets coming at you. So uh if you're not prepared for that, don't follow.
2: Oh, also, also, uh a few years back, like one of the best things on the Marty Laurie show game <laughs> for the Giants at another station. I'm just saying, that's when yeah. I first came up on you. I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, I like this cat, man. Yeah, glad to have you on. Glad to have you oh, on. yeah, really,
1: Uncle man. Uncle Marty, man. That's that's the godfather, man. That's my guy, man. We <laughs> still keep in touch, man. He put me on was like, man, turn on that microphone, man. You know your baseball. I was like, huh? You know, a uh, funny story about that. When I got approached about that gig, you know, running the Giants games and working with Marty, I was like, man, I got weekends off. I'm chilling. You know, I got my Saturdays and Sundays back, man. I'm, day parties, man. Well, let's go. And, <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, we want you to work with Marty. I'm like, those first couple episodes, man, I was just like, this is going to be rough, man. I want to be here all day on Saturday, Sunday, work. Turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to your boy, man. So I owe a lot to Marty Lurie. Shout out to Marty out there, man. We had a lot of fun on those weekends talking talking Giants baseball with all the fanatics and maniacs about the Giants. A lot of good times there with Uncle Marty. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you coming and uh, talking with us a little bit. But let's get straight into it. Let's break down the NFL season so far. Um, What the hell happened in week two? Uh, the surprises that we've had, and some predictions real quick. So I want to just open up the floor completely to you, Bonte. Go ahead and get into whatever you think you need to right now with the breakdown, what the hell happened, and some surprises.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing in week two, how can you overlook the injuries has happened? All the players that we lost so far uh, in the NFL season. I mean, let's start with the 49ers, right? Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, George Kittle week prior. Now he's dealing with the bone bruise and MCL sprain. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with the ankle sprain. I mean, he, he was limping around in that first half. But he, he played pretty well, 14-16, to 16, of course, a couple touchdown passes. Saquon Barkley tears his ACL. Cortland Sutton out in Denver tearing his ACL. I mean, there was injuries galore all across the league. And so that's been the big talking point, right? It's like – well, I guess we do need preseason football. I guess we do need to ramp it up slowly for these grown-ass men who are, who are professional athletes. And you can't just go into a season, well, all of a sudden you don't have any preseason games, you have no scrimmages against other teams, and all of a sudden in week one you're playing 78 snaps. How's that good for the body? How's that good? How's that a good product for everybody uh, watching pro football? And then, too, I think some of the biggest surprises – Look, the Rams. Nobody talked about the Rams, right? Everybody said, hey, everybody's figured out Sean McVay and his offense. Well, I guess we haven't. Sean McVay and his offense so far have been rolling for the L.A. Rams. They've been nice. The Raiders, I don't think it's – maybe it is a surprise that the Raiders are 2-0, and beating the Saints up the way they did on Monday Night Football. They really controlled that football game from the second quarter on. Uh, you're looking at Arizona. Everybody had Arizona, the Cardinals, as a darling, as a sexy pick to make the playoffs, but – Going into that week one game against the Niners, people are like, well, are the Cardinals that good? Well, you know what? They looked the part, right? Kyler Murray looks like he's taking that step, taking that step to the next level. Uh, so those are some of the teams right there, just looking at them being 2-0, the Raiders, or Cardinals, and the L.A. Rams. And you know what? Let's not sleep on these teams here. Now they got my attention moving forward in the NFL season. But I think the biggest storyline, uh, Andy Shamari, is it's the injuries. It's the injuries. And it's like, who's going to be next, right? Who's going to be next? What ACL is going to be next? What shoulder is going to be next? It's like, can we just survive through the first month of the season without any more major injuries to some of these big heavyweight players?
0: Man, can we survive another week at MetLife Stadium? That's another good question. With that yes. curve, they've been talking about it, and that's where most of the injuries even happened last Sunday. So, But, yeah, I mean, crazy stuff happening, especially with, like, Tyrod Taylor. His yeah. lung getting punctured by his
1: own doctor? Hey, I mean. Just, and a, a, and, 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 and no, malpractice, yeah, and and no malpractice
2: suit either, apparently, because he signed a waiver. It's like, whatever this guy does to me, I can't sue. That's many. That's that's many, man. You know, the funny thing with me is that I haven't really had that many surprises this season. Everything is, first things first, we're two weeks in. So right. let's just not get too excited about everything. The biggest surprise to me this season so far has been Justin Herbert Stepping in there against the Chiefs in a loss, but the kid, the rookie who everyone said needed a couple years to develop right. Oregon system, blah blah blah. The kid stepped in there and looked good 300 yards, touchdown, hung in there basically in most ways with your guy Mahomes. And I mean, kind of could have won that game. That's the biggest surprise so far because you know, nobody expected and, and none of these rookies are really playing, right? Two are sitting on the right. bench. Uh, Bryce Love is uh, not Bryce Love. Bryce, oh, what's it? the the, uh, the the guy they drafted behind Aaron Rodgers instead of oh, taking the receiver. Uh,
1: Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan yeah, Love, Jordan, Jordan Love. Jordan Love is sitting yeah. on the
2: bench. You didn't. We didn't think we were going to see any of these rookie quarterbacks, right. and all the draft profiles said none of these guys are year one starters. And then boom, here comes Herbert pushed into service at a moment's notice, and he looks like a seasoned veteran. Right, I no, think. That,
0: that, uh,
1: go ahead, Bonte. No, I was going to just say, real jump in here real quick, talk about surprises. I guess you got to look at the Jaguars. A lot of people yeah. said they were going to tank for tank. Uh, ter- tank for Trevor Lawrence. And Gard Minshew and them boys are throwing the ball around. Uh, they beat up on the Colts in week one, hung in there with the Titans. But the Herbert and the Chargers, this is the same organization that had, I believe, Dr. Chow where a lot of shady things are happening down here in San Diego. <laughs> now they move up to L.A. And I think the craziest part about this, and look, I love Anthony Lynn as a head coach. I'm pulling for the brother, right? I think he won a lot of people over with hard knocks this year on HBO. But for him to just say, hey, the doctor made a mistake. He made a mistake. It's all good. Ch- Tyrod knows it. Dude, how do you make a mistake and punch with somebody's lung? Now Tyron, with the way Herbert looked, who, look, I've been to a lot of Oregon football games over the past couple of years watching Herbert, the Red Box Bowl at Levi's against Michigan State, watching the Rolls Bowl. Herbert shocked me with how prepared and how ready he was for that game against the Chiefs. But now Tyron's probably not getting his job back. I don't care what Anthony Lynn says. If he <laughs> right, goes yeah. out there and shines out again the way he did against the Chiefs, How can you go back to Tyrod Taylor? You might as well go to the future. So just bizarre, a bizarre situation there with the Chargers where the doctor just, I made a mistake, and I just punctured your lung. What? How do you make a mistake? You're an, I'm paying you millions of dollars to be our team doctor. You go make, make a mistake and puncture my lung, bro. What the hell's going on there? I yeah, mean, it's some professions hard, that so.
2: like you can't make mistakes, okay. And yeah. doctor, that's one of them, okay. You, you can't. Your doctor can't mess up, okay. You, right. Your Uber driver can mess up, take a wrong route. <laughs> your, your your waiter can bring the wrong order. Your doctor right. can never, no. ever make a
0: mistake, ever. And you know what's crazy, like people aren't even talking about it, is uh, you don't think about what these guys played through until we hear about Tyrod Taylor puncturing his lung. Well, what his doctor was trying to do was administer painkiller for his (laughs) cracked ribs. So it's like these guys go out there, and like we've been talking about, without a preseason and all these different uh, – a shortened training camp, they're not ready. And we saw that in week two. And I'm just hoping that it gets better, especially for the Niners on that turf field. I'm worried. I hope they don't play Jimmy. Let's just sit. Honestly, even if we take a loss to the Giants, it's not the end of the world going one and two. The end of the world is having Kittle come back, try to play, get a season-ending injury or something crazy like that. And so I think we need to play it safe. And the Niners should just, I don't know. I don't know what I mean, they, so maybe. Okay, so first
2: things first, Daniel Jones, I watch his game against the Bears. Daniel Jones can make throws when he's there. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is not going to pick you apart, right? In right. the in the closing, uh, in the in the final drive against the Bears, he worked them all the way down the field. He ran out of time, but they were playing that prevent defense, letting him get all those throws. Before that, he just looked kind of okay. Um, no Saquon Barkley. I like our chances because guess what? Guess what? Last year, you had a undrafted free agent filling in for Joe Staley. You brought a fifth-round draft pick in to start in in uh in the middle linebacker position. Over uh, when you Jerry lost Greenwald. your Pro Bowl middle linebacker, yeah. yeah. You you yeah. the the not, you you their entire backfield is all undrafted and uh, undrafted guys, man. So when you talk about next man up, and people say, oh, next man up. As a matter of fact, I was listening to Dame Bruce, and he said, if they say next man up. Well, again, I'm going to lose my mind. It's next man up with the Niners. It always is. I'm not worried. The only person that's not coming back is Bosa. That hurts. That absolutely hurts. But I believe in the offense's ability to step it up, score more points, control the ball more, which is the main thing that upset me with Jimmy G in game one. It wasn't the missed throws, it was the crucial timing, it was the 0 for on third down, that sort of stuff. He cleaned it up this week. Nick Mullins can get it done for us because. First things first, by the way, my hashtag that I've been using on Twitter and on Instagram is called Feast on the East, okay? Because we're playing the <laughs> AFC East and the NFC East. Like Pencil in at least six wins between those eight teams. And we got one last week. We got another one coming up this week. And then after that, we play the Washington football team. Is that yeah, who we play? And yeah, and, and that pass rush is that pass rush is nasty with Chase Young. Ho oh, ho, right. it's nasty. But I'm not afraid of it because We're going to run the ball down their throats. We're going to outmuscle them. And hopefully Jimmy G's back by then. If not, fun fact, go back and look at Mullen starts his first year and look at Jimmy G's first eight games. The stats are identical. They got it done differently. Jimmy G looked way more spectacular doing it. But the on-field productivity for Nick Mullins was essentially the same, including touchdown interception ratio, yards, et cetera, and eight games. So Nick Mullins can get it done for us. I'm not one of those people that's calling for Nick Mullins to start over Jimmy G, but I'm saying Nick Mullins can make it happen.
1: Well, the question is, is can you get Nick Mullins a, a, to get you past two games, right? Can you get mm-hmm. you past the New York Giants? Can you get you past the Philadelphia Eagles? We saw from Nick Mullins <laughs> a couple years ago. Look, he looked great against the Raiders in his first ever start on Thursday Night Football. Niners are getting blown out in a lot of those games, and he he, he, he racked up some yardage and some garbage time situations. Like Thirty four to three or know, something or man, like that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he he was he was racking up some. Yeah, he was racking up some, racking up some garbage time yards. So, look, can he get your pass? If Nick Bullets is the guy that everybody says he is, he should be able to get your pass the New York Giants. Now, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, you got to put heat on young quarterbacks like they did last year, last week, excuse me, against the New York Jets. Sam Darnold, you put heat on him, he's going to look like a very mediocre quarterback. Same thing with Daniel Jones, like the Pittsburgh Steelers did in week one, Monday Night Football. You put heat on Daniel Jones, you're going to get a very mediocre quarterback. And now without Saquon Barkley, look, they still have Evan Ingram who's feast or famine. He's boom or bust. He may not show. You know, he's hes a guy to be. He gets a lot of hype, but he's just a guy to be. Mm-hmm. Go to Tate, all right, you got a service, serviceable wide receiver. That's the only thing that concerns me about this game week two is if you don't get home with a pass rush, now you got a Keller Witherspoon and uh, uh, Emmanuel Mosley in coverage all day long. A Keller Witherspoon right now is a cornerback who's playing without any confidence. He does not yeah. have the swagger you need at cornerback, which puts a lot more pressure on Jimmy Ward and Jukowski Tart. Drake Greenlaw, if he doesn't play this week, all of a sudden you got Quan and Fred Warner at the linebacker position. Quan is taking a step back from last year, in my opinion, missing some tackles, kind of not being there in coverage. Eric Armstead, Ken Law, you know, uh, uh, Heider Jr., they got to step their game up even more, which I thought they did last week against the Jets. They got to step up their game even more – because you can't give Daniel Jones time to throw the football around. And that's the only thing that concerns me. But you should have enough with Jordan Reed, with Kendrick Bourne, uh, uh, with Brendan Ayuk, who I like the juice I saw, and only two catches, but he looks like he's got that dog in him at the wide receiver <laughs> position. Oh, yeah. You should have enough to get past the New York football giants.
2: Also, where, where is Dante Pettis, man? Are you, well, you heard, well, let you me heard stop there he was looking <laughs> better in the preseason, well, in, in training camp, he was looking better. Why, why are done. they
1: finding it? Why Shemari. is he getting targeted? Shamari, he is the witherspoon of the offense, all right? Oh. Dante Pettis is a lost cause. All right, the guy last week, the, the Niners will tell you everything you need to know about Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. One target in Arizona, he gets Arizona. Last week, he played 10 snaps. Sanu came in walking off the street, played 13 snaps. Brady, now mm-hmm. you can never play an NFL game, played 44 snaps last week. The Niners are telling you who Dante Pettis is, and he's not ah. a very good football player. The I, guy played I, I
2: re- 10 snaps last week. I remember his rookie season, man. I just can't help but feel that Andy Reid in Kansas City would take a dude with, with, with uh, Pettis's, like speed and like separation ability
0: and make something of him. I swear. You know, and- True story. I'm watching week one when Jimmy Garoppolo was surveying the field completely too fast and had hot feet and was just running around. Mm. I saw a few plays. The few plays that Dante Pettis was in,
1: he was open. Yeah, he was open. Jimmy doesn't trust him. You know what? I don't know what the coach diagrammed up. Maybe Coach Shanahan said, you know what, Jimmy? This is what you need to look at on this play. Dante Pettis is your fifth option, and by the time you get to your fifth option, you're either going to have to throw the football away or take a sack. Like, I don't even know if Dante Pettis is – maybe he's just a decoy. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what to see with that. All I saw was a deep route where he got rerouted, got pumped at the goal line. When you're saying, hey, go die for a football, Dante Pettis, and he gets up and he's dancing. Dante Pettis looks soft when he runs his routes. Now I get it. We see the all twenty-two. He looks open, but again, I have no idea who the first, second, third option was, whether not or not. Even that just, was not even finished. that he
2: looks open, though. You can see the speed, and you could see the separation that he gets. So call the play for him. making him the first option, because as far as I can tell, that dude separates. He's fast. Now, if you talk about the Niners receivers under Shanahan, the good ones, right? You got Debo, you got Kittle. Those are the quintessential catch the ball. We're going to be fast. We're going to run over yeah. people. We're going to yep. take short routes. So I get what they're doing, but make use of what he does. I just, I don't feel he's being properly. I, I don't, I don't think he's like an all-star. I don't think, I don't right. think he's a pro bowler, right. but I'm just saying he has a skill set that can be utilized right now. You are shorthanded and you need to do what he does and
1: utilize that. Yeah. I, I tell you everything. Go ahead, Andy.
0: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the on the mark with utilizing him incorrectly. He came out of college as one of the best punt returners, best kick returners in the entire college football. And he, you've never seen him do it once? Whoa. And
2: and so I just don't uh, think he, he, he ran a couple back uh, his rookie season. It wasn't pretty. And it wasn't, wasn't pretty. He was trying, that, he was trying to zigzag thing. all across that's the field. Thing.
0: No chance. That's of, thing. And, and I feel like that's really affected his game. And he's completely – he has no confidence. Jimmy G has no confidence in him. Kyle Shannon has no confidence in him. But I want to move the topic real quick to the Monday night game, probably the most primetime biggest game of the year with the Chiefs against Baltimore. Now, Shamari, who do you got in that game?
2: Oh, I mean, who do you choose in that situation, right? The Chiefs defense has looked – well, okay, in week one, the Chiefs' Chiefs defense, especially against Houston, looked legit. Last week against the rookie quarterback, they did not look that great. Baltimore is Baltimore – That defense is legit. The thing I really love about what they do with uh, Lamar Jackson isn't that, oh, he's running the ball and that he's gaining all these yards. They move the chains. They stay on schedule. They're going to run more plays than you do. So the best way to defeat Patrick Mahomes is one, score points, which I feel like Baltimore can do, and two – run more plays, run more five yard gains. Yeah, they're gonna have the big plays. I could see them controlling the ball. I could see them out. I could see them running 10, 15 more plays than the Chiefs. And I think that leads to a Baltimore victory. Absolutely. Because that defense, I feel, is better in Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City's defense is, looks confusing. The first week, they're harassing the quarterback. Last week, it, it, you know the quarterback's picking him apart uh, in his first start ever.
1: You know what? Kansas City's weakness on defense is run defense. They can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. And if you commit to the running game, you're going to have success against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is still befuddling to me in Super Bowl 54. <laughs> I didn't see one carry in the first quarter, and you don't commit to the running game. Kansas City's better at, as a pass defense. They're, but one thing the Chargers did last week, and I think Baltimore will take that blueprint, is they ran the ball down their throats and they controlled the foot. They controlled the clock. You keep Mahomes on the sideline, you get him out of rhythm. That's how you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now, Baltimore, they are rolling. They are absolutely <laughs> rolling out of the gates. Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar looks good. Marquise Hollywood-Brown put up some weight. Mark Andrews looks like one of the better tight ends in all of pro football. And their defense hasn't skipped a beat without Earl Thomas. I like the Ravens at home in this one because they've been knocking on the door against the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember the last couple of regular seasons, the Ravens have gone to Kansas City. Once they lost it overtime. Remember Mahomes made that crazy throw where he's running around, running around, running around. He yeah, throws yeah, up a Mahomes lollipop. Every Hill catches it. You know, last year Baltimore goes out of the field and scores first. Uh, they score first in that game and they had to lead at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs have been able to outmaneuver the Baltimore Ravens at Arrowhead. It's in Baltimore this time, and I know there's no fans, but I really think Baltimore is licking their chops to say, hey, Kansas City, we're here now. You lucky. You're lucky. You didn't run into us last year in the AFC playoffs. You're lucky we bow down to the Tennessee Titans. I just like where Baltimore is at right now, early on in the season. They're clicking on hot uh, on all cylinders. And Kansas City, man, I, I think they're running game. I think they're going to miss Mr. Williams, who uh, easily could have been Super Bowl MVP last year uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're missing that short yardage back, that tough guy. Your boy out of LSU, what is it, Clyde Hilaire? Hilaire, he's, yeah, yeah. he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. But he's small, and guys are, like, hitting him, and I don't think he's there yet. So, I like Baltimore. I, I, I lean Baltimore in this Monday night showdown.
0: I like I like Baltimore, too. I'm agreeing with you guys. I, I have them winning this game, but I don't think it's going to be easy at all. But the one thing is the Baltimore Ravens can't play from behind. Yeah. They can't. And the Chiefs are the best team in the league at playing from behind. So – The thing is, is if the Chiefs come out and get a 14-0 lead, Baltimore loves to run the ball. And if they can't do these five-yard, they can't have more plays than you, it's going to be rough. And it's going to be real rough. But at the same time, the Chiefs have not looked good. This last game was not good. The defense has not looked good. And Patrick Mahomes, at times, looked lost against the Chargers defense. You know what,
1: though, fellas? You know what, though? Divisional games are always ugly like that because teams in your division – Draft to beat whoever's winning that division. The easiest way to the playoffs and over no good advantage is winning your division. So division games are always going to look murky. Just look at week one down here at Levi's Stadium with the Niners and the Cardinals. You on, know what I'm a, saying?
2: On an unrelated note, right? On an unrelated note, like, what – why on earth would the schedule makers start the Texans off with <laughs> the Chiefs and then the Ravens? That was cold. And then the Steelers. And then, and then the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, still- the Steelers aren't that. That's not that. I mean, hey, hey, hey. do not, not. the No, 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 no. I'm not knocking the Steelers. I'm just saying they're they're not in Chiefs Ravens stratosphere just yet. And that's just oh, here the two most punishing, hard to beat teams in the NFL, week one and two. Like they they they, they probably like have their confidence taken from them. Right. Like literally, I guess their heart is probably taken. Uh, my my guy, I- man, Watson. He he did not look good the last two weeks and. I mean, part of that you lose your number one receiver, and then you get right. Brandon Cooks <laughs> in his place. That's 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 not a fair trade, that's right? Criminal. Yeah, that's <laughs> but criminal. But still, but still, you know, man, he he did that was that was my guy. So in the draft that had Mahomes in it, I was on Watson. That was my guy. I was like, oh my you god, take him, take you him. and me both, Shanahan. This is your first draft. You won't be sorry. And then let, they let me took ask you this. I'm glad Thomas. you brought
1: that up. Should let me, not to cut you off, Shamari. I'm He's glad a, you brought that up. Because I remember doing the draft show for 95-7 a game. Mm-hmm. Niners sitting at two. And they make the trade with the Bears and drop down to three. And I'm thinking <laughs> if you're a new head coach and a new GM, and the Niners at that point was basically an expansion team. They were mm-hmm. terrible. They had no oh, talent. Yeah. I'm saying, you know what, should have Go get Watson. You get Watson in your offense when you're running all the boot action, you're getting them on the perimeter – Start your franchise. You got a franchise quarterback sitting right there. Trubisky goes number two, which is criminal, right? They're in the same <laughs> conference. Trubisky <laughs> beat one team. He beat one team, and that was Florida State. And I'm a big Florida State fan. He beat Florida State, which weren't even that good that year. They won in a game winning 45, 48 yard field goal. This dude watches beating Bama. He's beating Miami. He's beating Louisville. He's outdoing everybody Ohio State, you name it. Big He's games. right there. He's right there now. I get it. You're draft watching. You may not have Nick Bosa, but to me, it was a no-brainer. I, I, until this day, I'm thinking. Niner fans have complained about Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll go to Shanahan. He had a quarterback ready to go. Mm. He's talking about Kirk Cousins. You pass him by Watson. Kirk Cousins. I still, can't, I still
2: can't believe that was the plan. Like, the fact that it came out later, their plan was Kirk Cousins. <laughs> as as all, Everything that they've done that I'm like they get credit for, like that Kirk Cousins was our plan thing. I yeah. That concerns me still to this day. Yep.
0: That was a little shaky start. But I think uh, with him taking us to the Super Bowl, I think we got a good head coach for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, I do want to talk about real quick, the Raiders against New England – I don't see them coming out three and zero. and I believe in Derek Carr. Now he's regained a lot of trust for me and he was going through a really rough patch. And I do believe that was because of his back and he wasn't healthy. And I think he's fully healthy now. He's also been with Gruden now for a little bit. He's got way more weapons. I mean, Darren Waller is a superstar and that guy is going to be top three right there with uh Kittle and Kelsey and Andrews. He's right there already. And I'm, I'm a little nervous. I mean, when I watch that guy play, he doesn't drop a ball. He's faster than everybody else. He's bigger than George Kittle. He's six. I mean, this, this He's guy's tall. He's taller than Kittle. But still, at the same time, Josh Jacobs out the backfield has been playing incredible. And so I believe in the offense, but the defense? Oh, my God. Their pass defense work. is Horrible. Horrible. It's 29th in the league. So I don't see them winning against New England, especially against Belichick. I think he's going to have a lot of tricks up his sleeve for the Oakland offense. But I think they're a better team, but I'm not sold at all after this 2-0 start.
1: You know what? I mean, look, they've outscored. They won a game on a roll. They outscored the Carolina Panthers. I get it. You go beat the Saints, they don't have Michael Thomas. But you know what? They were down to nothing. They could have laid down on one of that football. The Raiders of old would have laid down and got blown out. It would have been cracking jokes about Derek Carr and John Gruden. Look, they have a formula, and they're building something out there in Las Vegas. Josh Jacobs, I thought he should – he was my pick to win offensive rookie of the year last year. He wore down at the end with the shoulder injury. It's the only thing I worry about with Josh Jacobs because he runs so hard that little knickknack injuries could maybe hold him back. But they got a dude in Edwards out of South Carolina looks the part. You talk about Darren Waller, he's a beast. He's a monster. He's a matchup nightmare. Rugs has speed, so you have to respect that. Nelson Aguilar is a nice little sneaky pickup for him. So, and Derek Carr is playing comfortable. He's playing comfortable in the pocket. He got comfortable in that Monday night game. I don't think, look, I, I'm picking the pats to win a football game, but I could see this being a good, close football game. Uh, Cam Newton's playing well, right? He's got some weapons in Edelman. Uh, Sonny Michelle, I like him. Their defense got torched last week in Seattle. I think the Raiders are going to look at that film and say, okay, maybe we can go at Gilmore. Raiders don't have a DK Metcalf, but they do have some speed. I do lean to Patriots, however, with all of me saying all that, Belichick coming off a loss. He looks ticked off at his pressers wearing the cutoffs and he doesn't even come to air. He looks like he's in he's in game mode already on a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday afternoon. I I, I lean to Patch, but I wouldn't this Raiders team's better than what people think. They're a little better. They they got some players, man. I mean,
2: I at the beginning of the season and in the offseason. I said the Raiders going to be about an eight and 18 about eight and eight ish, which could mean nine and seven, maybe even 10 and six. I still stand by that statement. They're an eight and 18. First things first, like you said, Bonte, no Michael Thomas. Yeah. Drew Brees was captain check down the mm-hmm. whole game. If you have Michael Thomas out there, he right. throws a Michael Thomas 27 times connects yeah. 15 <laughs> and it's a different ball game. Second thing second, the Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. they are, are they really, is that really a stick your chest out right. match? Then no. you gotta go play Kansas City. You yep. gotta go play the San Diego Padres who look kind of good. You the gotta Buffalo play- The Buffalo Bills
1: as well. Yeah, got you got the gotta Buffalo go, Bills coming up. Ooh, Buffalo's nasty. no punk. they're no yeah. punks.
2: Yeah. So when you talk about who they're gonna play this year, I still, I could see 10 and six, but my best guess is eight and eight, and that's fine. That's fine, but the thing with the Raiders that concerns me—the offense looks good right now. They're rolling. Derek Carr has weapons. That's the thing. He threw to Darren Waller like 24 times that game, okay? And he didn't have that. When you have that guy that you know, all right, critical situation, I'm going here, and he's going to make a play for me. That gives you all the confidence in the world as a quarterback, and you look a lot better. Um, so, I don't think these things been wrong with Derek Carr in the last few years. He just hasn't had that guy. He hasn't had the go-to guy. He hasn't had the weapon. But when you talk about the defense, Max Crosby, Cullen Farrell, the pass rush is the pass rush is overrated, and that's going to get you in trouble against these teams that pass. Drew Brees had way too many clean pockets, and still had nowhere to go and checked it down. But next week, Cam sitting in the pocket like that, not having to move, throwing the ball 50 yards down the field with a flick of his wrist—that's uh, not going to go well. That's not going to go well for the Raiders.
0: It isn't. Yeah. It's not going to go well. And do you guys think that Derek Carr is playing so well because of Marcus Mariota coming to uh, the Raiders in the offseason? I think that that could definitely be what's pushing Derek Carr because, look, his coach wasn't necessarily sold on him uh, before the year. And now he's coming out and he's playing well. He's got no interceptions through the first two games. I'm Like I said, I'm not completely sold on the Raiders, but I did before the season start. I had him at 9-7. and Still standing by that. I think they're going to take some losses. But this is not a bad team anymore. And this is not a team that Raiders fans should be necessarily thinking Super Bowl hopes right now. But they could be a very, very good team. Now, with the Chiefs, you're never going to win. But <laughs> they could be a good team for a while. With, with how young they are on offense, they could definitely be a good team. But now let's go back to where the Raiders used to be, to Oakland. Now we got something going on here in Oakland. (laughs) Some fun going on. Division winners. First time since 2013, the Oakland A's are going to be in the playoffs. Not just just a wild card game here, because we know how we're going to do in that. But we get three games. It's looking like we're going to play against the Astros right now, which is pretty nice because we do fairly well, especially this year. But uh, I do want to give a quick breakdown because – It's really difficult to understand what's happening in the MLB uh, postseason this year because it's completely different than it's ever been before. So the first three seeds in each uh, conference is going to be um, the division winners. And then the four, five, and six seeds are going to be the second team of those divisions. Um, and then the final two seeds go to the wildcard teams. Those are just the other teams with the best records. But the cool thing about this and the weird thing about this is after the first round, the best series of three, it doesn't reset. So It's more of like a bracket situation. Yeah, right? it's, it's, did. it's completely different. It doesn't get reset, which I think is super crazy um, <laughs> and, and pretty cool because the A's could end up playing a, a worse team right. than the number one seed. In the, in the second in the, the division battle. So I don't, I don't see how the A's cannot do better than what they've done the past several years. What do you think, Bonte?
1: Well, first of all, A's were my World Series pick. I'm a little worried about that now because Matt Chapman is obviously out for the nope. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Davis, I mean, <laughs> man, what has happened to him ever since he signed that contract, he can't hit the backside of the barn. I mean, it's depressing watching him back. Matt Olson has been, had his struggles. I, Lamb is an okay addition. He's no Matt Chapman, no doubt about that. I, do like, I like the scrappiness of the A's. The pitching, you know, what happened to Frankie Montas? He's been struggling a bit. Sean Mania up and down. And if they happen to play Cleveland in the first round, because I do think, Ooh. as you said, Andy, playing the Astros in the first round helps the A's. It definitely benefits the Oakland A's. But if they have to play Cleveland in the first round, they got Shane Bieber rolling out in game number one. He's probably yeah. going to win the A.L. Cy Young Award. That's problematic, man. That's problematic for the Oakland A's. So, and I'm looking, look, they don't have to worry about the upper half of the bracket, whether it's going to be the White Sox and Yankees, Tampa Bay and Toronto. They got a lot of good bats. I do think the best of three helps them. They get a lead. This bullpen can definitely hold on to it. But not having these games at the Coliseum is interesting. They're going to have to play in either LA or San Diego because these playoffs are going to be neutral side games. Basically, the bubble, it's going to be the baseball bubble. You know, you think about the National League playing in Houston and Arlington. AL playing in L.A. and San Diego, I it's going to be tough for the A's without Matt Chapman to, to get through these playoffs. But, again, they were my World Series pick. I think they had the elements to make a run. And it's cool that they did win the division, but I'm a little concerned about them down the stretch here. I'm, I am concerned about them getting through these rounds, man, because the American League, man, they got some juggernauts. They got some lineups, man. You look at the Chicago White Sox and the Yankees, Cleveland, Cleveland. Uh- and we'll see with the Astros. We'll see
2: with the Astros. So here's my thing with the A's. I, they weren't my World Series pick. I did honestly. I actually picked them to come in third behind <laughs> the uh, behind the Astros and the Angels. Okay, so that shows how much I know. Whatever. <laughs> so here's the deal. As the season has progressed, I respect the A's. I love their schedule. I love what they're doing. When you talk about the playoffs, here's my question about the A's. Okay, what is their thing? What is their thing? They're kind of good at everything. Offense, middle of the pack. Pitching is like top ten. Like, what? What do they hang their hats on? Like the Yankees' offense, walk offs, right? walk offs,
0: exciting games. Uh, That's yeah, but it's all when, the A's got. But
2: when <laughs> it comes down to it, okay, what kind of team you are? The the Giants of the early two thousands, they that had they had that pitching that took them there three times, right? The the, the current, I mean, the current Dodgers is loaded in every way imaginable, right? Even the Giants right now, okay. They're an offensive team with crappy pitching, which isn't a recipe for winning, but you know how you win games. And there's something to that. Having an identity matters in sports. It matters in basketball, it matters in baseball, it matters in football. And the A's really don't have an identity. So when you're trying to project how you're going to overtake the Yankees, how you're going to take down the Indians, the White Sox, et cetera, like how do they do this? How do they overcome those offenses? How do they come those overcome this pitcher staffing? Pitch, pitching staffs. When you're kind of just mediocre at everything, and somehow that's added up to one of the best records.
0: No, 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 no. Block, 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 block. I disagree with you because we are not mediocre at everything. Our pitching is one of the best in the league. It's top three, top, top ten. Five. No, I said, I said top ten. I but, mean, we're talking
2: to- – But, okay, but, but, but who's your guy?
1: Who's your the guy that starts three. Game Seven? Piece
2: of stats, real quick. But no, here's what I'm saying about pitching. The who's the guy hey, that hey, starts hey, at hey, Game hey,
1: Seven? Dave no? Stewart told us earlier this year he felt like the Giants. Didn't have. I mean, excuse me. Not the Giants' DAs. The didn't have that bulldog, right? They didn't have that one. Who can you give the ball to early in the season? I thought it was Montas. Montas mm-hmm. has been up and down. Is it Sean? the season, it was supposed to be. Is, is it Luzardo? Is it? Is it Chris Bassett? You are going to give the ball to Chris Bassett in the game seven? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I'm, I'm not saying. The not pitching sucks,
2: but you you need that guy. You need to have. You need that. You don't necessarily need a Madison Bumgarner. But you need that guy that's like, okay, this is our game. This is our guy right here. We got to win. This is going out there.
0: I do, and that's, I why, do that's what I mean by the pitching. Okay, yeah, because we don't necessarily have that one guy, but our bullpen is the best in the league. I mean, Diekman just gave up his first run of, of the entire year. His, his uh, ERA is sub one. It's .47. We got four, four other dudes in the bullpen, sub two ERAs. Hendricks is looking like a possible MVP candidate. I mean – We just got to get through the first four innings. And then the Mm -hmm. A's can pump out a pitcher each inning. And so that's what I think can really get us far is our Mm. bullpen depth. But our batting is scary. I mean, we have a team batting average of .224. Mm -hmm. It's 26th in the league out of 30. Nobody
2: nobody with OPS over 1,000, like literally zero Zero. people. Yeah, I I think over nine.
1: I think nobody is over nine. Dude, and that's problematic. Yeah. If you got to play Cleveland in the first round, go look at their pitching staff. <laughs> Minnesota is the best. I like if they got to play Minnesota or Houston, maybe that's better for them with all those rookies in Houston's bullpen, but that's that's what concerns me. It's the hitting. And that's what killed them in the wild card games. Getting clutch hits. You think about the wild card game a couple of years ago at Yankee Stadium. They couldn't get that big hit. That big hit just to, to ease the tension. Last year against Tampa Bay, getting that big hit to ease the tension off the pitching staff. They got it. Their bats got to wake up. They have to wake up. And you know what? I I don't have a lot of confidence in the bats right now, even though I think the A's, if they could just get a couple games, just get a couple big hits. It's like home run or bust for this A's team. They're not going to win baseball, playoff, playoff baseball games like that. You got to manufacture runs. You got to be able to sacrifice guys over. You got to be able to hit and run. You got to be able to hit a double here and there. It's, it's, it's boomer bust for this A's team when it comes to the plate. So Although I picked them to win the World Series, man, I I do worry about those bats, man, heading into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I picked them to win the World Series too, and and I I have a little bit more optimism than you, uh, but I do believe that our hitting is a serious serious problem. I mean, we're only top ten in one category, and that's triples, and not <laughs> that many teams hit triples. So I I just it's. I'm not necessarily too concerned. I think as a team we've really come together after Chapman's injury, and we're and we're fighting and we're fighting hard. And I think that the A's really could make some noise finally. But it's going to be tough, and it's going to be real tough. But thank you so much, Bonte, for being with us today. We've had such a good time. I hope we can do this again. But that just about does it for this episode of the Cutthroat Soup Show. Thank you guys for listening.